Father, we gather together on the Good Friday to remember the death of your Son. To remember all that Christ went through. To remember the very truth that for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. That whomsoever believe in him shall not perish, but can have everlasting life. Lord, we are so humbled by the reality of the cross. And to gather this morning and to remember Jesus is a most precious and glorious and wonderful moment in our Christian journey. Lord, we love you. And we thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Always, I'm struck by the journey towards Good Friday as we move towards Lent. And of course, this week, um, we have seen uh, Notre Dame burn. And at the end of it, in the ashes and in the... In the destruction of that aggressive wildfire that spread through the roof, we see a golden cross standing in the middle of the rubble. And and we understand for us who know Jesus Christ, the power of that image that in the rubble of our lives, the cross means redemption. The cross means hope. The cross means freedom. And I can't help but start to think about the the love of God, friends. C.S. Lewis said, the cross is, is is a diagram of the ultimate love of God. When you look at the cross, you see the shape of God's love for this world. He also said that when you see the cross, it is... God initiating love towards each one of us. It is a God initiated love. And all love that you and I have experienced flows from the heart of our God. Who is love and whose heart was to come and to redeem this world. Love is the son of God hanging on a cross. Paralyzed in his muscles. Straining to lift up, at times not able to move, that is love. Love is the Son of God fighting for every small, tiny breath. Gasping for that small little bit of air so that he could present there on the cross. Love is the Son of God. His lungs filling with carbon dioxide as he lifted up and reached out for oxygen. His, his body entering into spasms of pain and agony. He's feeling the rawness of his back and where the whipping and the lashing had taken place. Friends, when you stare into the story of the crucifixion, what you stare into is the love of God for this broken world. Love is those hard nails driven into his hands and driven into his feet. Love is 
Those blunt nails driven into his hands and driven into his feet. Love is the hammer that drove those nails into his hands and into his feet. And love is that Christ was willing to take it upon himself. The one who had created all things. The creator The creation, the created one who brought the very cosmos together was the one that was now hanging upon the cross, was the one that was dying for humanity. And the reality is that when you understand the uniqueness of the Christian message, you understand that I and you, we should be hanging on that cross because we are under the curse of sin and death. But Christ took the curse of sin and death upon himself when he died. That so overwhelms us. But we know from the story, and we've been studying John's gospel as a church, as campuses. We know that, that as they were there, the sign was placed on him. The chief priest didn't want this sign to be there, the king of the Jews And there were soldiers, they'd arrived there and the soldiers crucified Jesus. And John's gospel takes the time to say they took his clothes. There were four soldiers. And as they were there, they had a fifth item. See, the reason we know this is because the way that a, a, a Jewish man would be dressed, he would be dressed with his sandals, he would be dressed... With his undergarment, he would be dressed with his belt, he would be dressed with his turban, and then he had one piece of clothing. And of course, instantly the soldiers, they took and broke up the four pieces between them. But then there was this this robe. What were they going to do with the robe? It was ridiculous to cut it into pieces and it would be useless. But then they started to throw lots and to gamble for the one robe as the son of the living God was dying upon the cross. You can imagine Jesus gazing down for a moment and watching four cold-hearted soldiers throwing lots, laughing and joking, working out who would get this gorgeous uh, weaved uh, uh, robe, cloak at this moment, who would gain that? At that moment, when you look at those four soldiers, you see the coldness of this world. You see the coldness and the harshness of the world that we live in. You see in a little microcosm what Jesus Christ was dying for. He was dying to save this world from the coldness and the harshness and the brutalness. Unwittingly, these four executioners are a picture and an image of the coldness and the darkness of humanity that has fallen into sin and separation from God. And we know how harsh and how cold the world is. Little did they know that as Jesus gazed down and watched them play a game over his clothing, that he was there dying to save them. He was there to reach for them. Robert Ringford, the 
the motivational speaker, the 1970s sort of make yourself number one, get out there, if you don't do it, somebody else kind of speaker, political commentary. He is this kind of individual that had this very self-motivated message once quipped that there's three kinds of people in life. There are those that are trying to take away your chips and they know they're doing it. There are those trying to take away your chips and they don't tell you they're doing it. And there are those that take away their chips, which are your chips, which are probably the most dangerous because they don't even know that they're doing it, but they're doing it. And then he finished his sentence with, it is a cold, harsh world. And little did they know as they looked at this world of, of, of getting what we can, this world of selfishness, this world of taking away was a picture of what Christ was dying for. But you see, we know from the gospel that they may have been gambling the undergarments. And as they were gambling the undergarments, on the other side of the cross were four women. We read from that. And these four women were there, the mother of Jesus, Mary, her sister, there was Mary Magdalene and another Mary who we don't know much about. And so on one side of the cross, you have the four soldiers. On the other side of the cross, you have the four women. A mother's heart that is broken. These women are really hurting. These women are experiencing pain. You've got Mary, the mother of Jesus, experiencing the loss of a child and the agony of looking up the one that nursed Jesus. You've got the sister, her sister, who is not only struggling with what's going on, but is struggling with sibling love and caring. You have Mary Magdalene, who was... Freed from seven spirits who wept on those very same feet that were nailed to the cross. You have, have Mary Magdalene who had earlier gone and weeped on those feet and washed those feet and put perfume on those feet. And she came from a broken, broken life where Jesus had met with her and brought hope. And you have this sort of invisible uh, individual who we don't really know who she was. Maybe she was part of the group on the road to Emmaus. Some have said this, who is present. But you have this hurting group of women that are in agony. And what does Jesus do when he's on the cross at that moment? He looks down. And as he looks down, sees these women and he speaks. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciples whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. It amazes me. 
that as Christ is dying for the sins of humanity and reversing the curse of the fall, he is concerned about the hurt and the pain of his mother. He sees the four soldiers who are a picture of the harshness of the world and he sees the micro needs of a mother, of a an aunt of a dear friend and another dear friend and he sees their pain and he speaks. See, the way that he speaks is with such care in the Greek. The way that he speaks is with such control and instruction. John, take my mother. Mother, go with John. And that is the beauty of the cross. That not only did Christ die for the global sins of a fallen world, but the beauty of Jesus Christ is that he sees the micro of your problems. He sees the agony in your families. He sees the detail of your life. And the cross reaches globally, but it also reaches into the pain of your family. History has it that John took Mary and he had a house just at the bottom of Mount Zion. And there for many years she lived with him. He finished his life in Ephesus and history has it that Mary went. And that that relationship continued throughout the life as Jesus even took care of the details of his family as he was taking care of the details of humanity. That is your saviour. That is love. The word woman, he's not being rude in the Greek. Maybe some have said he says it so that he, she wasn't pointed out as his mother so the Roman guards wouldn't arrest her or take her. But of course there's a shift here. Now she is also a woman and she's also a woman that needs to be saved by the work of her saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And darkness came. And as the darkness descended, you see, at the reason darkness comes and has descended is because of one clear reason. The reason the darkness came was because when darkness comes, according to Jewish tradition, the face has turned away. We know the great blessing, may the Lord be upon you and make his face shine upon you. But suddenly darkness came, which meant that God's face, for the first time in all of eternity, God's face no longer shined on Jesus Christ. And it was as if literally God's face turned away for that moment and Jesus Christ became the curse for this world. Two things happen in the end of this text. To fulfill the scripture, he says, I am thirsty. A jar of wine and vinegar was there. So they soaked a sponge and the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant. Notice that hyssop plant, a stalk. 
I want to take you right the way back to Exodus, right the way back to Egypt when the nation was in slavery and God was delivering them. And they came and they took a hyssop branch into the blood of the lamb and they put it onto the doorposts to say that the blood was present on this home. And when the angel of death would come, there would be no death in this home because they would see the blood of the lamb. And at this moment, the hyssop was lifted up. The blood was placed upon the cross and so that we can be free from the angel of death and we can go from slavery into freedom. Right here. So you have the darkness as God's face turns. You have the hyssop to say that the blood is now on the post. And you have a cry according to the Gospels. And the cry is, it is finished. And I want you to know that the cry wasn't kind of like, it is finished. I'm glad that's over. It's finished. I'm, I'm done. No. The very construction of the words, it is finished, is a victory cry. It is finished. It's a victory cry. It is over. It is done. It is done. We are free. We are free from sin. We are free from the power of Satan. We are free from death. We are redeemed. The great one has come, the Messiah, to lead humanity to freedom. And we've got to choose whether we're amongst the cold-hearted soldiers playing our game of poker in life or whether we understand that he cares for those that he loves. And he cares for you and for I and he cried it is finished I went to the spot historically at the church of the sepulchre where the rock is there where the crucifixion traditionally was to take took place You climb up some stairs, and as you climb up some stairs, you see a big golden cross. You see 12 hanging incense with a center, large golden incense, and they're there. It's Greek Orthodox and Catholic Church. And there they have encased in glass the rock of where the mound is, and people gather. And there's an image of Christ, and People fall on their knees and, and they shuffle along or they go along to underneath the very point of where they believe the cross is. And there's a tube that goes down and you take your hand and you put your hand down and you touch the rock. Millions of people, pilgrims, have come and they put their hand down the tube and they've touched the rock of where this took place. But I want to tell you this morning, you don't have to put your hand down a tube to touch a rock. You can reach up to heaven and God will take his hand and he will renew your heart. He will reach into your pain, into your darkness, into your life. He will touch you as it were with a hyssop of blood and say you are clean and you are forgiven. And we remember all that Jesus Christ has done. 
And for every one of us, He so desperately wants us to open our hearts to Him and say yes to Jesus. So let's pray as we come to communion. On the night in which the Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. Let's just remember for a moment. All that I've said. Love is the Son of God. Paralyzed muscles. Love is fighting for breath. Love is feeling the pain of the blunt, hard nails. But at the point of his death on Good Friday, a billion crucifixions does not compare to the pain and agony the Savior of the world traveled through as he fell into the darkness and redeemed humanity on that moment. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you don't know Jesus. At this moment, it's time for you to introduce yourself to Jesus. And say, ask him to come into your heart. Ask him to cleanse you. Maybe you're a Christian and you're a long way from God. But this morning is the morning where you fully bow the knee to Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. And we bless this bread in the name of Jesus. And we remember. In the same way he poured out the cup saying this is my blood that takes away the sins of the world. I want to thank you Jesus. That even on the cross as you were bleeding. You cared for those that were there. As you were dying for me, I would be born 2,000 years later, but you had me in mind as as much you had them in mind. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood on the cross and what you did. And that the face of God turned away but I can look now into the face, as it were, of God and know your forgiveness and your life in our hearts.